Got a few things I want to talk to you about because I think it's so important, especially in the days in which we live. You hear a lot about the tribulation period. If you look on this chart right here, can you find the cross? That's right there. This is his story. History is his story. And so we know what happened in the past, but God also tells us what's going to happen in the future. A lot of interesting things lining up in our world today. And I want to talk about this uh, period of time right here. This is called the seven-year tribulation period. And it's offset by two main things. One is the two comings of Christ, one for the rapture, one in the revelation. It's two phases of the second coming. A lot of people believe that the rapture is where Christ comes in the air and all of those who have trusted Christ as Savior will be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye and caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And then so shall we ever be with the Lord. We will go to what is called the judgment seat of Christ. Then there is the seven-year tribulation period upon the earth. And then at the end of the seven years, Christ comes back in power and great glory. Two different comings. And many people don't get it, but that's okay. And I often have people who email me or put it on YouTube as Yankee doesn't know what he's talking about. As though I've never studied the other side. So they believe sometimes that the rapture is going to take place here in the mid-trib. And some believe it's not going to happen at all. It's just going to happen here. It's the same thing. Disagree with them. It's not like I haven't read it or studied it, but I do have a, a various opinion. So I want you to take your Bible and turn with me to the book of Daniel. This is in the Old Testament, the book of Daniel in chapter 9. Solomon's temple has been destroyed. Israel and Judah have been taken into captivity. Israel had been taken into Syria, the ten northern tribes. Seven two tribes were taken into Babylon, the Nebuchadnezzar. So the temple had been destroyed, people out of the land for 70 years. While Daniel was one of the uh, of royal line, he was um, taken into captivity along with some other young fellows, but they were key individuals, uh, smart, intelligent, and uh, knew the Lord, loved the Lord. And so God would reveal things to Daniel, even though they were in Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom, in Babylon, hundreds and hundreds of miles away from home. But God still used him and gave him things to write. Well, that's, that's where we get the book of Daniel. The time had come where the children of Israel were to come back to the land and rebuild their temple, the walls around the city. And that's where you study the book of Ezra and Nehemiah. And see some of the things that were done. But Daniel had wrote some things that were very interesting concerning the period of time here and before the cross. This is what he says. In Daniel chapter 9, look there in verse 20. Verse 20. And whilst I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplications before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God. Yea, while I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, 
touched me about the time of the evening oblation. And he informed me, talked with me, said, O Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. At the beginning of thy supplication, the commandment came forth, and I am come to show thee that thou art greatly beloved. Therefore consider the matter and consider the vision. So he's going to reveal some things to Daniel that had never been revealed before. There was highlights at different times, but some things are going to take place. But he's given him a date. He's given him some time to consider things that were going to happen in the future. So he says in verse 24, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people. Now, 70 weeks, by studying the things that happened with Jacob, who worked for Laban, concerning um, wanting to marry Rachel, and so he worked for her one week or seven years. Uh, when he was given uh, Leah, he realized that um, Laban had pulled a fast one on him and gave him the wrong one. So he had to work seven more years or another week. He says, fulfill her week. So using Scripture to explain Scripture, the week would be seven years. Seventy weeks would be seven times seven, so 490 years. So he's telling them that when they issue a decree to go back to Jerusalem and to rebuild the walls in the city unto the Messiah and the finishing up of all the things that God had promised concerning that dispensation under the law is going to be 490 years. So he says this in verse 25, Know therefore... And understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the prince shall be seven weeks. So seven weeks would be 49 years. That's about how long it took by the time they got back to build the temple. This is why in the Gospel of John in chapter 2, when Jesus made the statement, destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it up, he was talking about his body. They thought he was talking about the temple. And he says, 46 years it took him to build this temple. Well, the seven weeks is 49 years. And so the 49 years is going to be a period of time when they go back to get it done. And then he gave him another time slot. He says here in uh, verse 25, Unto the Messiah shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks. The street shall be built again in the wall, even in troublous times. So you have a, a total here, three score. One score is 20 years. Three score is 60 years. And 10 would be 70 years, 70 weeks. But here you got three score and two weeks. When you take that and multiply it, you'll find out that you've got 49 plus 434 years. Total combined until the Messiah would be 483 years. It's not until the Messiah is born, it's until the Messiah is cut off. And that's why he says here in verse 26, and after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off. So it's going to take 69 weeks, 483 years from the time they issued the decree to go back until the Messiah is going to be a certain period of time. And he names the time, tells them the year. Jesus Christ came right on schedule. Now it says 
in the book of Hosea, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. In other words, there was nobody speaking at this time. For over 400 years, there was no prophet of God. Until, lo and behold, as it says in the book of Malachi, along comes a messenger and says, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, also mentioned in Isaiah chapter 40, referring to John the Baptist, who came on the scene and told him, says, prepare ye the way of the Lord and make his straight paths and so forth. Because he was the forerunner of that Messiah. And the Messiah came right on schedule. And he did what he was supposed to do, which was to die on the cross. Now, look there in verse 26. And after threescore and two weeks shall the Messiah be cut off, not for himself, and the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood. Now, remember this. They're going to rebuild the temple. That's the first seven weeks, which would be 49 years. So the temple was standing when Jesus Christ came. When the temple was standing, it says the Messiah would come, and he would be cut off, and then the temple would be destroyed. History has proven this is exactly what has happened. The temple was standing when Christ was here. It's been destroyed since he has been taken back to heaven. And so they've been without a temple for almost 2,000 years. Israel would love to rebuild a temple. But Israel was not even as a nation. They had been scattered upon the face of the earth. But God promised them that in the last days they would go back to their land, become established as a nation, but they will be back in unbelief. And they are. And that there will be a desire, burning desire to rebuild this temple. Now look what he says here in verse 27. We know it was 69 weeks until the Messiah was cut off, which is Christ. It ends at that point. But what about the 70th week of Daniel? The 70th week did not automatically follow here because the kingdom was never set up. The Antichrist was not there. But you'll look here in verse 27, and he, the Antichrist, as he says, it shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. That means that there's going to have to be enough back in the land of Israel in order to make a peace treaty. Every president so far has tried to have peace in the Middle East. But the Middle East has been in pieces. But there's not going to be peace until Jesus comes, the Prince of Peace. Now this here is called the Davidic Millennial Kingdom. It's the thousand-year reign of Christ upon the earth. This is what was promised and was supposed to have been fulfilled. But Israel rejected their king. Without a king, they don't have the kingdom. So the kingdom was postponed. The kingdom has not happened here. The church, we don't believe in the replacement theology where all the promises made to Israel is going to be fulfilled by the church, and therefore now the church has got to bring in the kingdom. We're not bringing in no kingdom. We'll never bring in the kingdom. We're not going to win this world. We're not going to change this world. It's never going to happen. It's not going to get better and better and better. It's going to get worse and worse. But until then, there will be a philosophy that we want to have peace in the world. And so there's been always this drive trying to make peace. Even we have somebody 
in office today trying to get peace. But I've got news for you. It's not going to happen the way that most people think it's going to happen. I have another sermon I'd like to talk to you about. Who is this Antichrist? But that's another sermon for another time. So you notice in verse 27, and shall confirm the covenant with many for, and you notice that word, one week. Because after the Messiah, there's one week left. One week will be how many years? Seven years. This seven years is part of another period of time. But because Christ was rejected and crucified, the kingdom did not come. This seven years has been pushed out into the future. The church age where we are right now is kind of like a parenthetical expression in a sentence. You can take it out of the sentence and not hurt the flow of the sentence. Well, one day God's going to take this out and this 70th week will go back against the 69th week and it'll flow just like nothing ever happened. But we're living during this period of time Therefore, we're told to look for the blessed hope. But if we have to go through the tribulation period, then we will be looking for the blessed tribulation, the blessed Antichrist, because the Antichrist is going to be here. So all of that will happen before Christ comes in power and great glory. When will the seven years start? The rapture takes place first. Then it starts. Now, as we have here, there's going to be the eliminating of a sacrifice. Look at the verse 27. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week, and in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblations to cease. So we know that during this period of time the temple has to stand. And we know that in the middle of the seven years, in the midst of it, the Antichrist is going to go to Jerusalem and claim to be God and walk into the temple and demand to be worshipped. So that gets us into Revelation chapter 13. So now I want you to take your Bible and turn to Matthew 24. Matthew and chapter 24. If you want to know if the Bible is true, (laughs) yes, it is true. Man could not have figured out all of this without the ability to make it happen. This was always written with a future that was beyond the reach of the person to make it happen. The Bible truly is what it claims to be, the Word of God. Now here in Matthew, in chapter 24, before that temple was destroyed, before Christ died on that cross, it says here in verse 1, And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. So the temple was standing in his day. That's exactly what it says in the book of Daniel in chapter 9. And Jesus said to them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And that temple was totally destroyed. The walls there, they're part of the wall. But the temple's gone. Not one stone left. Because you see, they said some of it overlaid with gold and then set it on fire, burn it, and people just destroyed all the blocks and taking them off, getting that gold from between the blocks. But think about this. Jesus, when he was here, verified what Daniel said. And he hadn't died yet. He hadn't been crucified yet. Temple was still standing. Because when Christ died on the cross, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
I'm the light of the world. And while he was on the cross, God threw the main switch of heaven and the world became dark. He says that he was the way and the way into the presence of God. And so that's why while he was on the cross, the veil was rent from the top to the bottom. And then he came back from the dead. And it says in Matthew 27 that others also were resurrected at that time. So God verified everything Jesus said. So they came to him and they wanted to know what's going to happen in the future. Because, see, if they rejected the Messiah, the question is, in the book of Acts, in chapter 1, wilt thou at this time restore unto us the kingdom? When are you going to set up the kingdom? Because, and he didn't tell them. Israel still, I believe, perhaps could have had a chance to accept Jesus as their Messiah, but they rejected him still afterwards. So the kingdom was postponed, and God started the church. And the church began on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came, that day of Pentecost. And it will end when the church is taken out. So God has laid out everything. It's perfectly planned. Now get this. In these verses, when he says about verse 3, and the end of the age, when is going to be the end of all of this? In verse 4, Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed, therefore, that no man deceive you. Many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and blah, blah, blah. Now look up here. This is that seven years that Jesus is talking to them about. He's not talking to them about this because this was a mystery that was hidden in time past and now revealed through the Apostle Paul some things concerning the church age. So we have in these few verses up to verse 14 talking about the first three and a half years. And the reason I know that because of verse 15. Look in verse 15. And verse 15 says, And when ye shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, then let those who understand realize, and in the next verse, flee out of Jerusalem. Because in verse 15, when ye shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, where we read just a moment ago, remember that last week, one week, seven years, that's during this seven years. So he's addressing the nation of Israel, telling them that when you see the Antichrist go into the temple and claim that he is God, that is when he is going to do everything possible to annihilate the nation of Israel. The first three and a half years is promise and peace and safety, and then sudden destruction. And that's according to the book of 1 Thessalonians in chapter 5. And also follows into the second chapter of the book of uh, 2 Thessalonians. Now, these verses are talking about at the middle, that verse 15. Then you'll notice, look at verse 21. For then shall be great tribulation such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time no nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, these days shall be shortened. All right, look up here. In other words, there's a time coming upon the earth when man will be able to destroy man from off the face of the earth. And unless God intervenes, man will annihilate this world. No flesh will be left alive. Are we at the place in this world where that is possible? 
We're always wondering if some little nut somewhere is going to mash a button, and there you go. And we're going to see a mushroom cloud above some city in America or some country. One day it will happen. God says so. And he talks about in the book of Zechariah in chapter 12. And this shall be the play where God will smite those nations that came against Israel. And while they stand upon their feet, their eyes shall consume away, and their holes and their tongue will consume away out of their mouths, and their flesh will melt right off their bodies. Now, what kind of a war is that? Bows and arrows? And all the green grass will be burnt. So you can cut it any way you want, but bad times are coming upon this earth. That's why we're told to look for the blessed hope, because we are not of this period of time. We are children of the day. These are children of the night. We're not of this period of time. Totally different. And I don't care who tells you anything different. Any preacher, anywhere, and I don't care how much Greek he knows, how much Hebrew he knows, he doesn't know the Bible if he disagrees with what I'm telling you right now. I've studied this just as much as any other man I know. And I believe that I'm right. If I didn't think I was right, I wouldn't teach it. Because I know I've got to give an account to God for whatever I teach. And I believe the Bible. And I have taught the book of Matthew a number of times. And I have taught the book of Revelation a number of times. And the book of Daniel. I've only been teaching it for 55 years. But anyway, what I want you to see here is that he says, there will no flesh be left alive. So this is a period of time that is coming upon the face of the earth. Now take your Bible and turn to the book of Ezekiel. Go back to the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 44. Ezekiel 44. In view of what we've already said, remember, every once in a while, you'll come across a verse that will just kind of knock you upside the head and give you just a little bit of light. Say, did you see this? Did you see this? Here in Ezekiel in chapter 44. I've been to Israel eight times, I think. After a while, it doesn't really matter. I think Hank Lindstrom had been about 15 times. I've still got a number of times to go. I don't know if I'm going to live that long, but anyway. In Ezekiel chapter 44, look in verse 1. Then he brought me back the way of the gate of the outward sanctuary, which looketh toward the east, and it was shut. Then said the Lord unto me, This gate shall be shut, it shall not be opened, and no man shall enter in by it, because the Lord, L-O-R-D, caps, Jehovah, the God of Israel, and you ought to underline these few little words, hath entered in by it. Therefore it shall be shut. Now, I've been to Israel, and I've stood on the Mount of Olives, and I have looked down into the valley, and up to that eastern wall, and all these gates around the wall of the whole city of Israel, it is sealed. It's the only one that is sealed. And it's the only one that faces the Mount of Olives. It faces east, just like the Bible says. And the reason it was sealed is because the Lord hath entered in by it. So that means if that gate is sealed, it's because God in the person of Jesus Christ, has already been here. Just like he said. And this is only written about 500 and something years before Christ came to the earth. 
And over there in Israel, there's these walls, and there's a gate, and it's shut. When I first went over there in 1985, I happened to be uh, a guest along with Hank Lindstrom. And so I have an inquiring mind. Uh, Hank has an inquiring mind, too. And I says, Hank, I'll see you later. He says, where are you going? I says, I'm going to the eastern gate. He says, you're not supposed to go up there. He says, all these, the cemetery, the Muslims got cemeteries all around. And I says, I'm not going to be bothering them. And I says, I'm going to do it. So anyway, we went to that gate. I just had to go up to it, and I wanted to touch it. I'm going to touch that wall. And I did all of it, because I know somewhere through here, Jesus went through here. If I say, if he stood here, I, okay, he stood here. I didn't know, man, I was walking all over the place. You said you wouldn't do that. I did too. <laughs> of course, I was younger then. I wouldn't do that now. I'm smarter, more intelligent, and all that. Now, look in verse 3. It is for the prince, the prince. He shall sit in it to eat bread before the Lord. He shall enter by the way of the porch of that gate. And it's going to happen again. Jesus is coming back. You see, everything he says is going to happen, happen just like he said. Now, turn in your Bible to the book of Ezekiel chapter 38. Just go back a couple pages. Ezekiel chapter 38. Now, you will find, we'll just start, look at a couple of verses here in chapter um, 37. In chapter 37, he makes a statement here in verse 11. Then he said unto me, Son of man... These bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried and our hope is lost. We are cut off from our parts. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I, O my people, I will open your graves, that means from other nations, and cause you to come up out of your graves, come out of those other nations, and bring you into the land of Israel, Jewish people. In other words, in the last days, he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to resurrect you. He says, and you're like a valley of dead men's bones. And you're like coming out of the graves because of their rejection of the Messiah. They said, let his blood be upon us and upon our children. And they got their wish. And the Jews have been hated all over this country, all over the world. And he says, you're going to come back to the land. And God says, you're going to put some flesh on you. He's going to make you live again. And Israel, in May 1948, Israel becomes a nation. After almost 2,000 years out of the land, has that ever happened to any other nation? No. But this is just a coincidence. This was just a lucky guess. Or is it possible that God knows the future? 